You may have heard that investing involves risk, but what does that really mean? Well, in finance, risk refers to the degree of uncertainty and or potential financial losses inherent in an investment decision. Now, using that definition, we could say that we can decrease risk by decreasing uncertainty, essentially making the unknown known. And that is what I wanna share with you today, so keep listening. To start this conversation off, let's identify some areas of risk inside of real estate investing. To start off with, there is no deal if you don't have a property to analyze, so we first have to discuss the marketing and sales aspect of real estate. If you're the one spending your time finding the deals, there's very little financial risk other than the opportunity cost of your time. Now, if you don't find a deal or a person to talk to, the only loss is your time. The impact of this is minimal in the grand scheme of things because as you're learning, you the impact of this is minimal in the grand scheme of things as you will be learning as you go, so there's a benefit of doing this. If you are spending money on marketing, however, and sales, if you are spending money on marketing and sales, however, then there is a risk, and that risk is how much it takes to get one deal under contract and closed. Now, in order to calculate the financial risk here, you're gonna need to know your ratios, and this is extremely important. This includes how many calls does it take to get a motivated seller appointment, and then how many motivated seller appointments does it take to get a deal, and then how much do you make on that deal? This is why I highly suggest starting off doing this yourself with your time so you can get a baseline and use the proceeds from the businesses to pay for your growth instead of an outside capital uh, source such as your job or another business or somebody else, right? Learn with your time, okay? Don't go out there and spend a whole bunch of money because it's gonna get very expensive and I see it happen all the time. Now, once you have an understanding of the process and you're starting to get deals under contract, new risks come into play. These risks include risk to your reputation for non-performance if you can't actually close the deal. Now, you may not see that, but that is a real risk because there's people out there that get properties under contract and then they never perform on them and then they get a reputation where nobody wants to do business with them and that's not what we want to have happen to you. So just understand that. There is financial risk of how the contract was written. Now, there might be aspects of the contract that require you to put down earnest money, which may not be non-refundable. If the contract isn't written in a way that provides an out, the seller may be able to sue you for specific performance, which essentially says you have to close, right? You said you were gonna do X, you haven't done X, now I'm going to sue you and make you do X. Now, having a contract that you understand and has the flexibility to do what you need to do is crucial, so make sure you understand this aspect. And remember, you're working with homeowners that probably don't understand a whole lot about this stuff, so no matter what the contract says, no matter what the seller uh, uh, agrees to on paper, they're going to assume that you're going to close and you're going to buy their house, unless stated otherwise. So make sure you can perform on this because a reputation of backing out of deals or renegotiating at the last minute is not going to fit your reputation. It's not going to empower you to grow your business because people will know you. This is a very small community, real estate investing, and I tell you, I know the people in our communities that back out, I know the people that do shady stuff, and you don't wanna be one of those people. So no matter what the contract says, 
Obviously, you want to make sure it aligns with what the intention of the agreement is, but that person that you're making that agreement with isn't as savvy as us, isn't as savvy as you probably. They're probably just taking your word that you're going to buy it. So make sure you can follow through and solve their problem. Now, there are simple ways to mitigate these risks, which include getting educated before you start the process. Now, we have a fantastic education with live support calls six days a week, so you can reach out if you want to learn more. Now, another way of mitigating these types of risks is to work with somebody that has done this before. It is important to know the reputation and skill set of these people, however, that you're going to be working with because you want them to be able to perform and complete the work with integrity. So make sure you choose wisely before working with somebody. Do a background check. Get to know them in their community. Uh, There's lots of different ways that you can get a feeling if this is a good person to work with or this is a bad person to work with because reputation is everything and if you bring them into close and they don't or they can't perform or they they uh, uh, use bad ethics, right? We don't want anything to do with that. Your reputation is everything in this. There's also lots of great investors out there and there's a lot of people that don't follow the ethics and the rules, so choose wisely. And if you wanna learn more about how you can work with us directly, reach out to me and let's have that conversation. Now let's talk about risks of the actual property. You'll wanna assess these risks before actually getting the property under contract as these risks will vary across different deals. Now let's let's talk about rehab costs. I would say that this is probably one of the largest risks. Rehab costs can vary across the country and knowing these costs can really give you a strategic advantage against your competitors. Now rehab risks include unknown costs such as a sewer line being broke, uh, finding mold behind a wall, having previous work performed incorrectly after you open a wall up or something similar. The idea here is you didn't know about it before you made the offer and and it materially affects the budget and timeline. Now, a way to mitigate this type of risk is to work with an experienced individual such as another investor that has done this before or an experienced and trusted contractor to help you review the project. Now, of course, education is critical, so make sure you're continuously educating yourself. You're going to hear that in everything I do. Now, another aspect of rehab risk is the actual contractor. Now, there's tons of great contractors out there, and there's others out there that don't perform to the contract, so make sure you work with somebody that is trusted. Now, with that being said, you can be working with somebody that is a trusted contractor, but if you don't know what you're doing, there may be things that get overlooked or not communicated, right? For example, there may be things that are implied but not directly identified, and because of your lack of experience, you won't know and only after you might think that the contractor wasn't honest when in reality it was your lack of experience with the process. Now nothing ever goes as planned so make sure you're flexible in the right areas and hold the timeline and budget in other areas. Now this is lessons you're going to be learning on the job and it is this is why it's best to work with an experienced investor on your first couple of deals so you can see the process, so you can see the timeline, so you can see the path and see, listen to the conversations and see the paperwork so that you can mitigate risk on your projects. Now another risk is ARV risk. And what I mean by that is this risk pertains to the value of a property after you rehab it. Now in some areas where there are cookie cutter properties and the entire area has the same properties, this risk is mitigated because it's easier to comp. In other areas with custom homes and homes with varying sizes and finishes and styles, it's much harder to comp. Now in areas where there 
in areas where there are more comps that have sold within the last 90 days with less properties on the market in higher demand, the risk is less, right? Because you have you have property that are selling, you got high demand, you got low inventory. Now in areas with very little little recent solds, lots of properties on the market and lower demand, there is a higher risk. Now you can get this information by talking to local professionals such as realtors, mortgage brokers, title companies, and even other investors. Now a way to mitigate this risk is by knowing your market. Now I'm a big believer that you can find a deal in neighborhoods next to your personal house. You just have to know how to look and where to look. Now investing in your local area mitigates the risk because you're more aware of what is actually going on and you can visit the actual properties. Now one of my favorite ways to mitigate risk is to become an expert at what has sold. And this is very simple and it's a lot of fun. You can involve your friends and family in. Now this is as easy as going to Redfin or Zillow and looking at all the sold properties within the last 90 days of your tar- uh, in your target area. Now you may need to uh, widen it up if there's not a lot of solds or you ne- may need to bring it down uh, to 45 days or something less if there's a lot of solds. Now what you're gonna do is you're gonna drive by these properties and get a sense of the location, the finish level of the rehab, external factors such as distressed neighbors, uh, maybe there's a highway in the backyard, Uh, Make notes on what level of finish and landscaping and anything else that could have an impact on price. Now, for example, you could have two of the same homes with similar finishes, but one is on a quiet cul-de-sac and is right next to a walking path that everybody loves. Now, this could increase value. While the other house is on a corner, uh, corner lot at the entrance of the neighborhood and has a neighbor with tall grass and cars filling the backyard with loud dogs, right? Now, this could potentially decrease the value of the house. Knowing these factors and why the same house had different prices will help you determine the ARV of your subject property when you actually find it. Let's talk about capital and financing risk. Now there's a lot of different types of financing and each type has a risk that goes with it. Hard money is typically more uh, more expensive and has a shorter duration. The risk that comes with this is your interest rate risk and timeline risk. If you can't get the project sold in that timeline, you're typically going to have to incur larger costs to renew renew and continue larger, If you can't get the project sold in that timeline, you're typically going to incur larger costs to renew and continued costs for the carrying costs such as interest. Um, Now, after a certain point, the hard money lender may foreclose on the property if you can't sell it. Now, a way to mitigate this risk is to get a lower interest rate with a longer time frame. My favorite way to do this strategy is uh, called subject to financing. Now, it's a type of seller financing that leaves a residential mortgage in place and allows you to make the payments on it while having ownership interest in the property. Now, the low interest rate and long-term financing allows you more time to complete the project, and it also opens up multiple exit strategies in case your initial strategy doesn't work out as you thought. Now, another way to mitigate this risk is to have an equity partner instead of debt. This allows you to not have to continuously make mortgage payments, Now, if you choose this type of financing, make sure you're adhering to all the rules and regulations around raising equity capital. Now, investment strategy risks. These risks are associated with each type of strategy you choose. 
For example, a risk no one ever was expecting in the rental market was the eviction moratorium. There are landlords out there that have mortgages on their rentals and have tenants not paying rent but can't evict them. The landlord now has to make payments on the mortgage but doesn't have cash flow coming in to actually make it. Risk in the rental market includes tenants not paying rent, tenants trashing your home, rental demand going down. Now these risks can be mitigated by performing an effective tenant screening, making sure that they have a history of making payments and maintaining the home and that they have a job that is in high demand. Now, when you're doing this, you wanna make sure that you're following all the laws because you don't want to discriminate either. So make sure you have a good property manager that knows how to do this effectively. Now, risk in the fix and flip market include much of the stuff we already talked about, such as rehab costs, ARV calculations, and financing risk. Risk in the short-term rental market include demand for short-term rentals decreasing, a large influx of other short-term rentals on the market, which would drive down prices, uh, the HOA no longer allowing you to use the property as a short-term rental, being banned from the short-term rental marketplace, such as VRBO, uh, Airbnb, and I will tell you, it happens. I have no, I've known somebody that had a neighbor that had somebody living in a car in their front yard, in the neighbor's front yard, and that person uh, got banned from Airbnb. So these are just a couple, but understand the risk inside of that. Now, outside risk factors, these type of risks include overall economic risk factors, legislative risk, and liquidity risks. Now, these are risks that come uh, with the overall economic factors of the entire country. And then there's ones that pertain specifically to your region, county, town. Now, this could include a major employer going out of business, which would only affect the local area, or having interest rates rise, which would affect the entire country. Now, legislative risks include things such as rezoning or changing laws. For example, if you were a wholesaler in Illinois, you would have been affected by the law they passed that said you must have your real estate license to wholesale more than one property a year. Another example of this would be cities banning short-term rentals. So understand this, okay, before you jump into something, because this, if you're doing short-term rentals or you're doing long-term strategies, this could decimate your business plan. So understand where you're doing it, understand if they're friendly towards, towards your investing strategy and, and just get that sense of it. Now, liquidity risk pertains to how fast you can sell your property. Now, this can be affected by many factors such as how easy uh, capital is accessible and all factors pertaining to supply and demand of a property or a strategy in your area. Now, one of the easiest ways to mitigate risk in real estate is to get educated, like I said earlier. Another way is to work with individuals that are experienced and have a proven track record. And most importantly, is to buy right. Now, I want you to remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Properly structuring a deal and getting the best type of financing in place can make all the difference when it comes to risk. So I hope this shines some light on the different areas of risk inside of real estate and how you can help mitigate them. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can work with us directly on a daily basis, six days a week, live meetings, anything you can think of we can help you with, uh, reach out to me on my website, social media, you know, hit me up on Facebook Messenger, anything, we're here to support you. And I want you to remember, you're only one deal away from whatever you want in this life. So let's get after it. Bye, gang.